And his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, and the son of Tofu. I mean, Tohu, excuse me. These, these names are funny. And look at this guy, the son of Zup. How would you like to be a Zup? And an Ephraimite. Verse 2. And he had two wives. Uh oh. I said, he had two wives. Uh oh. You know there's trouble right there in the camp. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penaniah, or Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. See, Hannah, if you look at her name in the Hebrew language, it means grace and favor. But when you look at her life, you don't see grace and you don't see favor. Because in those days, it was like you were an outcast if you didn't have children. It was like you have sin in your life, that's why God is not blessing you. She was unfruitful. She was unproductive. She was barren. Her womb was dead. She didn't feel like her name. She didn't feel like grace. She didn't feel like favor. You know, sometimes we don't feel called. Sometimes we don't feel anointed. But I'm here to tell you this afternoon that it's not about a feeling. Whether you feel like you're called or not, you're still called. Whether you feel like you're anointed or not, you're still anointed. See, when Elkanah gave out portions, he gave to Penaniah or Penea, and all her sons and daughters portions. But to Hannah, he gave a worthy portion. In other words, he gave her a double portion. See, so he came to the conclusion in his life, well, it doesn't matter if Hannah bears fruit or not, because I'm okay with it. He was all right with it. Because the other wife was very fruitful. She had a lot of kids. Amen? Kind of like our pastor. Amen. <laughs> Elkanah was okay. And here's the thing, the rub. So was Hannah. She said, it's okay if I don't have kids. It's all right. I'm comfortable where I'm at. It's okay. My, my husband loves me. He's blessing me. I'm all right. I'm cool. I'm in my comfort zone. I don't have to face that pain. She was okay with it. In other words, she got satisfied with her circumstance. Sometimes that happens with us. You and I, we, we get satisfied with right where we're at. And we say, it's good to be here in these pews. It's good to just sit here and, and, and get, get to preaching and go home and watch football. Hello. I know the Raiders are on, so don't look at your phones. That was galled. And I'm a Raider fan. But don't look at your phone unless you're looking up scripture, amen, or taking notes. But see, she got satisfied, just like sometimes we do. See, she knew she was a favored wife no matter what. She had the attention of her husband, the affection of her husband. She was satisfied. She was complacent. But now jump down with me to verse 6 and 7 in the same chapter. And her rival... Who was her rival? Penania. 
Her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. All of a sudden she went into a fast. See, her provocation, she kept saying these harsh, hurtful words to Hannah because she was barren, because she didn't have kids. At first, they didn't have an effect on her, but Penania never gave up. She kept bugging her and bugging her. Ha ha, look at me. I got all this. You got nothing. She kept bugging her and bugging her and bugging her. And all of a sudden, those arrows began to hit the mark. And all of a sudden, we see that Hannah is disturbed that she was barren. Why? Because Penaniah provoked Hannah. If you look at the word provoke, this is what it means. It means to stimulate a reaction or an emotion, usually a stronger. Number two, it means to deliberately annoy or anger. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're annoying. I'm going to use the other mic because this is like. Amen. Is this cool? Whoa. I'm going to get it for that one. It comes from a Latin word, provocare. That's heavy, yeah. Provocare. But here's what it means. It means to challenge. Or it means, pro means forth, and vocare means to call. In other words, it's to call forth to a challenge. And I'm here to tell you that's what we're doing today. We're trying to challenge you. We want to challenge you to answer the call that God has upon your life. You know, we've been through some stuff. I understand that more than anyone else probably. But i got to tell you, it's time to take the challenge. That's what happened with Hannah. All of a sudden, she got angry. She got challenged to make something happen within her life. She needed to change her situation. See, we got to come to a place where we understand, I don't want to stay right here anymore. I want to move on. I want to do great things for God. I know God has a plan for my life. It's easy to get comfortable in these padded pews. We'll get pewitis. If you don't believe me, kneel down and pray on one. You'll get that on the way home. Amen. See, but Elkaniah tries to get her to settle down and just enjoy what she has. He says to her, am I not better to you than ten sons? Her husband tried to stop her from reaching her full potential. Some people will try to quench your fire. They'll try to stop you from reaching your full potential. It'll even happen in your family. It'll happen in the church house. It'll happen wherever you go. It'll happen on the job. It'll happen in school. They'll say, what are you, crazy serving God? They'll try to quench your potential. See, but Hannah had been stirred up. Now she became uncomfortable. Now she became dissatisfied, discontent. Now she was frustrated to change. She had a fresh desire in her heart. 
She had a craving, an expectation, a need for more. See, that's where we gotta, we got to get that hunger, hunger back in our spirit. Where we say, you know, I'm not satisfied just to come to church, just to hear the music, and just maybe shed a few tears at the altar. Let me tell you, my friend, tears are never enough. It's good to get in the presence. I was crying in worship today. It's good. It's a good feeling to let God go and let God do what he has to do in your life. But there comes a time when you've got to step out in faith and you're going to say, I'm tired of the situation. I'm not going to let the devil push me around. I'm not going to let the devil hit my family anymore. It's done. It's over. I'm not going to succumb to the pain in my body. It's time to step out. Turn to your neighbor and say, step out. See, she began to realize I was created for more than this. This is not who I am. You were created to make an impact in your generation. You need to understand that. It's not about coming to church. It's about making an impact in the world. I don't know if you see the signs of the times, but Jesus is coming soon. Are we going to make an impact before he gets here? Now she looks beyond her husband. She looks beyond the comfort zone, beyond the favor the material blessings, because she understands now that the material blessings are not going to satisfy her. They're not going to open her womb. They're not going to meet her need. I came to tell you this morning, this afternoon, that there's a cry from the Spirit from each and every one of us higher than money, higher than popularity, higher than worldly success. It's inside our spiritual womb. It's a cry for the anointing of God to be set forth. That's what we were created for. Your spirit, man, is crying out. Then why are you so mad? I'm not mad. There's a cry in your spirit to be fruitful. Our job in these next few weeks is to see souls come into the kingdom. That's why we're doing shotgun. It's not just a high sign, this is oh, what we do. Hey, although every time I hear that, duh, 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 I want to, I, I still get that in my spirit, you know. I start walking, oh. The spirit of psycho. <sighs> But that's why we have our life groups. It's not just to have a little Bible study and a fellowship. No, it's to win souls. It's to make an impact in the kingdom. That's what it's all about. I'm called the nomad group because we don't have a spot. We go from house to house to wherever. It doesn't matter. But wherever we go, we're talking to people. We're leading them to Christ. We're doing what God called us to do. Nomads. For Jesus, hallelujah. I believe today somebody's going to start looking past your comfort zone. You've got to let the devil know that you're a contender. Stop letting him slap you around. Quit getting against the ropes, man. It's time to move. Bob and weave. Do what you've got to do. You're, you were designed for more than just a blessing. You were designed to reach your maximum potential in Christ. The purpose of the Holy Ghost is to bring us to our full potential. Ephesians, go to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 11 through 13 real quick. 
Are you guys getting something? And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That, my friends, is maximum potential. That's where God wants to lead us. That's where he wants to bring us. Maximum means greatest in quantity or highest in degree attainable, the most, the best. Potential is the capacity to develop into something in the future. See, that is the aim of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. That is the aim of Victory Outreach International and also Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay. We want to see you reach your full potential and do whatever God has put in your spirit to do. Like Pastor Steve used to say, there's no ceiling in Victory Outreach. You can go as far as you want to go, but you got to take that step. See, we don't want just make you to make it to heaven. We want you to fulfill what God called you to do. Live life to the max. Some of us were dope fiends before. We used to live it to the max, right? We would do whatever we had to do to get our stuff or whatever we were doing, that crack or whatever. Hello. Some of us were just disposal units. I was a garbage can. I would do anything. It didn't matter. Water soluble, pit, done. But God wants to increase your potential. It's the same way you used to chase whatever thing you had in the world that you like to do. It doesn't have to be drugs. Some people like to gamble. Some people like to drink. Some people like to have sex out of marriage, whatever the case may be. You were chasing something before you chased God or God caught you, whatever the case may be. You were chasing something, and you chased it with the best of your ability. Well, now it's time to chase God. You know why I like to chase God? Because God wants to get caught. You don't got to run fast to catch God. He's right there. It's no big deal to him. He wants to be caught. Don't be comfortable and satisfied right where you're at. See, some people get comfortable and satisfied. They don't like to get pushed. Some of you thinking, why would they give him the mic this morning? He's pushing my buttons. Good. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make disciples. I'm here to push you. I'm here to provoke you. I'm here to challenge you. Because I know, I know God has greater things for your life. All you got to do is believe it and step out in faith. But some people, even if you push them in the right direction, and it's in their best interest, you're not going to be their favorite person. Tell, tell your neighbor, I love you too much not to push. I'm going to keep pushing. Tell them. Tell them. See, the point is, Hannah had more in her, but she was satisfied the way she, the way she was. She would have never reached for more. She would have never expected more until she was pushed. Some of you need to get pushed. You really need to think about this. You need to come under some leader and get pushed a little bit. Get challenged a little. Get accountable a little bit. So that way, man, you can go to the next level. Don't just say, I'm just going to become a church. You know, okay, I pay my tithes. I'm right with God. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's all good. 
but it's time to get pushed. It's time to get that little shove and say, okay, come on now, where are you going? Where are you going with this? Let's go, come on. Let's do this together. Let's make this thing happen. See, so in other words, I'm here today as an adversary, just like Benaiah was. I'm an adversary for the status quo. I don't like it. For indifference. I'm an adversary to settling for crumbs when God wants to give you a loaf. I'm an adversary for just sitting in church when God has a plan for purpose for your life. I'm an adversary for a form of godliness but denying the power. I'm an adversary to being satisfied and knowing that you're saved while the world is going to hell. Watch the news. Just walk in the streets. I mean, Hayward, there were, it was 20 years ago, it wasn't a bunch of shootings. and I hear sirens all, always going down my street. Helicopters chasing people around. People need to get saved. The government is not going to make an impact on the world. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's all about the church, the people of God. I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about us doing what God called us to do and reaching our full potential and making an impact in this generation. The time is at hand. Oh, you're saying you're making me mad. Okay, good. Before I'm finished, I hope I make everybody mad. Motivated against the devil. That kind of mad. I don't know if Hannah or Penaniah ever became friends, but I know this. If it wasn't for her adversary, if it wasn't for Penaniah, she would never, she would have lived her entire life as a barren woman. See, somebody provoked her to believe for more to reach for more, to expect more, and to produce more. See, the Bible record testifies that Samuel, one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, came out of Hannah's womb because somebody provoked her. Where would we be if she didn't provoke her? Where would Israel be if she didn't get provoked? Remember what I told you about the name of Penaniah. I keep saying her name different ways, I don't know. I almost called her pizza one time, amen. <laughs> but remember the meaning of her name. Jewel, precious, valuable. You gotta value the people that push you in your life. Because they're gems. They're gems. The most valuable thing in Hannah's life was the thing that provoked her the most to cry out for God. That was the most important thing. See, her husband loved her, but he wouldn't push her. He wouldn't provoke her. He didn't upset her. It's nice to be loved and appreciated and pampered and all that stuff, but sometimes you need somebody to provoke you. The jewels in your life are the valuable things in your life, the things and the people that push you and provoke you to become the best you can be. Are you guys with me? I'm not who I am today because my leaders always patted me on the back and said, oh, good job. You're doing great. No, I'm here because they provoked me. I'm here because they told me when I was messing up. They told me when I needed an adjustment. They told me when I needed this. And I took it because I needed it. If I, if I would have spent my life I just, without that in my life, I would have just be, been going through the motions. I would have been in church maybe, maybe, but not doing anything for God. Just holding on and hanging out. 
But I thank God for people that love me enough to tell me the truth. For God, for people that came in my life and provoked me and pushed me and said, no, no, do this, do this. Man, God called you to do this. Prepare yourself. You've got to read. You've got to pray. You've got to fast. You've got to do these things. So if I disturb you, agitate you, aggravate you, it's all worth it if I motivate you. See, I'm praying today that somebody's going to get provoked to take that step of faith. Because you've got to walk in your destiny. The worst thing is not to walk in the destiny that God has created for you to walk in. Because you're just like everybody else. Lamb's going to the slaughter. I don't want to be that. I know I'm a sheep. But I want to be a sheep that makes an impact with other sheep. I don't want to say bad, bad. I don't want to be bad. Don't be bad. There's more in you. I, I just want you to see there's more in you. That's, that's the bottom line of this whole sermon. There's ministries in you. There's songs in you. There's book writing in you. There's giftings in you. There's talents in you. You may not even know you have until you begin to operate in different things. When I went to the Philippines, I had never stood behind a pulpit. I had never done anything. I just said, oh, here I am, send me. And I'm thinking on the plane, do they got stores? <laughs> Where am I going, to the jungles? I had no idea. But I didn't care. It was about, man, there's a call, there's a need. Man, I got to go where the need is. I went, not knowing what I was getting into. Freaking out on the plane. I didn't freak out until I was on the plane. I go, oh, my gosh. What's happening here? I'm going to be too far to go home because <laughs> I don't have no money. <laughs> I'm done. But there are dreams and visions locked up in your belly. They're in there. See, God wants to open your spiritual womb. See, there's something about God that God hates to see, and that is waste. God is disturbed when he sees so much potential going to waste. That's the worst thing you could possibly do is waste the God-given potential that he's given you. There's a Samuel in your womb trying to get out. There's a Billy Graham in your womb trying to get out. A Pastor Sonny Argonzoni in your womb trying to get out. A Pastor Stelman in your womb trying to get out. Trying to get out. You never know the potential that God has for you. Before I ever took the mic, man, I was so afraid to speak in public. It scared me. When I come up here, I say, I'm scared. I freak out. My knees are fellowshipping. But am I going to let that stop me? No, I can't. God called me to this. I have to do it. There's something in you. you got a womb with a view, a view of future potential, hence the title. There's a pastor in you. There's an evangelist in you. There's a missionary in you. There's a home director in you. There's a teacher in you. There's a life group leader in you. There's different things in you that, that are not coming out because you're not getting agitated. You're not getting pushed. You're getting comfortable right where you're at. 
But once the Holy Spirit begins to take hold of your life, some of you are getting agitated. And you don't know why. Now you do. Because even at home, when you get on your knees or you're laying in your bed, all of a sudden, man, you don't know why you're uncomfortable. Why can't I sleep? There's something going on. There's something stirring inside of me. It's the potential. It's the potential that God wants to bring out within your life. But you've got to be able to say, okay, I understand what it is now. I'm going to get around a leader that's going to push me to reach my full potential. I want to max out for God. That's why you've been irritated and agitated. Because your potential is still locked up in your spiritual womb. There's more in you. Tell your neighbor there's more in you. You were created for more. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 1.19, And they rose up in the morning early. Everybody say early. And worshipped. Say worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and he really knew her, and the Lord remembered her. Why did the Lord remember her? Because she got out of her comfort zone. She began to fast. She began to pray. She began to worship. And when she began to worship, something began to happen within her spirit. Then God said, okay, I see your heart now. I'm going to bless you where you want to be blessed. See, Hannah returned. In the Hebrew, it means to turn around. I believe she had a turnaround in her faith. I mean, all of a sudden, she said, you know, I worship God, and all of a sudden, the windows of heaven opened up, and I turned around. I began to believe God for the impossible. I began to believe God for great things. I began to believe God could use my life because she had a turnaround in her spirit. See, it's time for us to get that turnaround. Then she went to Rama. I love the meaning of Rama. A lofty place. In other words, when she had that turnaround in her spirit, she went to the next level. Once you get that turnaround in your spirit, God's going to bring you to the next level. He's going to bring you to places you don't believe you're going to go. You may not even think you can go. He's going to bring you to the foreign field. He's going to bring you to different places. He's going to use your life like you've never been used before because you turned around and you went to the next level. Somebody needs to turn around here today. The next verse, verse 20, tells us that Hannah conceived and Samuel was born. What I'm saying in closing, it was through worship that Hannah's womb was open. It was through worship. When you begin to get a hold of God, things begin to change. When I was called to the Philippines, it wasn't during a preaching. It wasn't on my secret time with the Lord. No, it was in worship. I was worshiping God, and God began to show me beautiful brown faces. One of them was my wife. Hallelujah. But I began to see these faces. And God spoke to me in worship. It was in worship. I was just letting go. And I said this to God. I said, God, I will go wherever you want me to go. I will do whatever you want me to do in worship. And that's when God spoke to me. When I released my life, 
When I let go of my life and said, God, you take control, that's when he told me, I'm sending you to the Philippines. It was in worship. When you begin to worship, things begin to happen. God begins to do a new thing within your life. You get that turnaround in your spirit, and you begin to walk to the next level, and the next level, and the next level. Do you see it? No, but you do it by faith. Vision comes as you begin to walk. You're going to begin to see things you never saw before. See, she had a womb with a view. See, worship tapped into those hidden resources. Through worship, she broke the curse of barrenness. Through worship, her womb was open. Through worship, she became the instrument of God. And she, she was able to give birth to one of the greatest prophets of all time. Through worship. Through worship. That's when she had a turnaround. A womb with a view. See, then Hannah saw the potential of her womb. Even before her womb did. I want you to catch that. She saw it before her womb did. She knew, I'm going to have a baby. He's going to be a prophet to all nations. You got to see it. You got to see it. You're only going to see it in worship. When you let go of all the problems, all the struggles, all the bills, all the stuff going on in your life, marital problems, whatever it is, and you raise your hands and you surrender to the Almighty, there's going to be a turnaround. Things are going to change. Next level living. You know, I got more stuff. But Jesus said this, out of your belly will flow living waters, rivers of living waters. He's talking about your spiritual womb. That's what he's talking about. See, your spiritual womb becomes a door on this earth where heaven is manifested. God wants to manifest through you, through your life. I'm going to stop right there because I think you get where I'm coming from. Let's everybody stand. If you want to come up here and worship, you want to stay there and worship, I don't care. I just want you to worship. That's, that's what this whole thing's about. I didn't go long because I want you to worship. God wants you to worship. He wants you to touch his throne. When you begin to worship God, you're, you're, you're going to see things through the Spirit. That God is, he wants to show you something today. Don't let this moment pass, oh, just another preaching. No, no. Get a hold of the one that got a hold of you. Worship him. See, if you want to go to the next level, it's time to go to Rama. Turn around.